right? I saw, yes, I saw two movies within the last week, within the last seven days, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you told me Morbius sucks, and it's so bad, you don't even really want to talk about it. I do not want to talk about the movie. It's terrible. Critics gave it a 1.5. I don't know if I would go that low. Fuck. Out of, yeah, out of 10. I think it's Metacritic is like 1.5, which is pretty low. I don't know if I would go that far. But I saw like the audience score was like sixty percent. I'm like, oh, I wouldn't, I would not go that high either. It's more like a three. In my but opinion. too much, too much uh, exposition, shitty CG. The CG is egregiously bad. It's so bad. It doesn't make sense sometimes. We're like, like I don't know if you've seen the trailers. I don't know if you've seen any of the trailers. But like when he does the thing where he like flies around and jumps around, he has like a, he's like wispy trails of smoke, yes, uh-huh. and there is it is never explained why. It even extends to his clothes. Like, later on, he has, like, a purple outfit, and there's, like, purple smoke now, and it's like, why? Why? There's a thing where he bounces a ball around, and the ball has its own smoke trail. Like, the ball's not even touching him. Why is it? Why is that effect applied to the tennis ball? Mm-hmm. And it just never makes sense. Nothing is ever explained. He has some disease. What disease? We don't know. It's never explained to the audience. Huh. For some reason, it has to do with his blood. That's all we know. Um, how does the solution he comes up with give him bat powers? Again, never explained. All he did was take, like, like this isn't, like, no spoilers. It's, like, in the first few minutes, but he takes bat blood, mixes it with, like, something else, and now and now he can fly. He has sonar. He has ears. Uh, his ears change. His nose becomes, like, like mm, pointy. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, I understand, like, origin movies, like, they take some liberties and stuff with like powers, but it's just awful. It nothing makes sense. So not worth your money at all. Not even a fun the, film to. I I've, I haven't seen very many movies where I felt like robbed, where I felt uh, like I came out with nothing. This one was like I was like maybe I should complain to the teller like like I want my money back. I didn't do that because I don't you know it's not their fault. But this is like the first time I've ever seen a movie I think where I felt I should be compensated for my own time. Hmm. So do not. Do not watch it. Please don't. So you also saw Sonic. Sonic was dope. Sonic, okay, Sonic is like, it gave me whiplash because I just walked away from a bad experience last week. Yeah. And then last night I went with my friends. We went to go watch Sonic. And I'm like, this is exactly what I wanted, which was basically the first movie, but just more of that. Mm-hmm. It's exactly what I wanted. The A lot of the jokes and references actually were really good. Some of them were a little more adult. Where I was like, oh, I get what you're like. Wink, wink, the kid's going to fly over their heads, but like, yeah. oh, there's a good adult joke. Um, it's it, it's, it's a spe- specific scene with like uh, this woman who is related to the Sonic's like owners. Like, I don't know if owners is the right term, but mm-hmm. she has like, there's like, she makes a couple jokes where like it's implied, like where she says like, you know, they do like the eyebrow thing, like, hmm, and he's like, oh, like, I get it, I get it. There's some references to like past Sonic games and stuff, which I enjoyed. Where like, uh, there's a coffee place called Mean Bean. Yeah, okay. and it's a specific reference to a game called Doctor Robotnik's like Mean Bean Machine, which is like a spinoff game. There's a uh, there's references to uh, Rush Hour One, which I did not expect. There's a Rush Hour reference, which I really love because I love Rush Hour, so that was really cool. Um, the character motivations mostly make sense. The relationships are further explored, like, with Sonic and, like, the people, he, the humans that he lives with. We get some good, like, Tails is cool because it's, he's, he's voiced by the actual, like, voice actor for, like, all the Sonic games that does Tails. Uh-huh. Uh, Knuckles as Idris Elba. He, like, I forgot. Oh, that's right. I forgot that was Idris Elba because you can, I mean, you can still hear it in him, but it's not his normal voice. Okay. Like, he does a good, like, kind of, like, a more, like... I don't know, because I think of Idris Elba as someone who's, like, really cool and just very, like, debonair. Mm-hmm. But his his take on Knuckles is very, like, savage and very, like, intimidating and very, like, kind of, like, fish out of the water. Like, this guy who has never seen technology because he comes back from some, like, forest, like, tribe or something. And like, it's kind of like Drax. Like, he plays it kind of like Drax in Guardians of the Galaxy where he takes everything, like, literally, kind of. Yeah. It's like it's kind of like it's kind of like a funny night naive kind of naive. But he's a no bullshit type of guy. Yeah, he's very straightforward, okay. and I kind of like that. I like that compared in contrast to Sonic's very funny, very jovial kind of personality. Like it's a good like, like he's just like don't you ever take like anything seriously? Like he's like very like no BS, and Sonic is not that way. So it's 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 cool seeing them like interact. Um, 
We're not going into like spoilers and stuff. Like there, at the end, there is like a post-credit scene which heavily hints at what the next villain's gonna be. Which is, if you're a big Sonic fan, I'm not that much really. I've kind of, I think growing up, I've always just been like aware. Yeah, I just know about the egg yeah like I just know the characters. Yeah, yeah. But like the next villain's like one of the doper ones, so I'm interested to see what they're gonna do with that. Did I say Egghead? Uh, Eggman. Doc- Eggman. Yeah. Yeah. And then Jim Carrey. Oh my God, he is so good in this. Like again, like have you seen? Have you seen the first one? Yeah. Okay, so you know how he's like very wacky. He plays a very no. It's dope, and now he has a mustache and he's got a, his whole suit going on. Yeah, like he like they're slowly making him more like the Robotnik from like the games, where he's slowly getting there. Like he's not fat yet, but like there is like there's like stuff like outfits and stuff like they show up like later on. Or like oh, like that's gonna lead into him being like you know like the fat Robotnik that we know mm-hmm. of and stuff. So it's really cool. They have like a lot of respect for the source material. You can tell like it's a mixture of like. Because there's also comics, Sonic. There's a Sonic comic. And there's some things that are present in the comics that are not really present in the games. And they kind of bring that in. Like, the, his love for chili dogs. His love for, like, some of, like, the like the characters. Like, that owl character, Longclaw, whatever. And, like, some of the other characters like that they mentioned are from, like, the comics. Not so much from the games. So, there's, like, they're kind of drawing on multiple inspirations and stuff. And I think it works pretty well, so... I had a lot of fun with it. I was not expecting to like laugh that much. There was a couple of laughs where like, okay, like yeah, it's kind of funny. But then there was some ones where I'm like, I didn't think about it for a second. I'm like, oh, like, okay, that's clever. Like, there's some really good cultural references. That I like took me a second, and I'm like, that's why that's funny. And so sometimes I was the only person laughing because there was like in the theater we were the auditorium there was like a lot of kids because you know it's a kids you know aimed movie. And I had a really cool interaction actually, not related, but I had a cool interaction with one of. This family came in, mm-hmm. and I don't know if maybe they didn't get all the tickets they needed, but, like, they asked me and my friend, like, hey, can you guys scoot over? Because we were, like, in the center. It's like, oh, it's, I want my kid to be, like, in the center. And I'm like, it's <laughs> fine. I don't care. Because there's nobody to our right. Like, yeah, I'll scoot over. Like, if that's what makes them comfortable, like, I'm not going to throw. Yeah. I'm not yeah. going to get, like, you know, the kid's, like, right in front of me. I'm not going to tell the kid no. So yeah, like, yeah, exactly. And then the dad was like, okay, thanks. And then he sat down, and he's like, hey, like, oh, like, do you want something to drink? And I'm like, uh sure i guess he's like want to cook i'm like yeah i thought he i thought they brought drinks with them yeah. but no he his wife gets up goes like i guess to the counter and she comes back with like a large coke and i'm okay, like oh that's wow. cool i'm like oh thanks like i wasn't expecting to get anything yeah, that's a nice balance so he's like, like he's like oh well he's like oh well thanks for like being so accommodating i'm like oh like okay i would have done it regardless but cool so i had a good interaction but like it was mostly kids and there's like times where only i got the joke and i'm like okay like this is like i like this movie i really like this movie so Go watch it. Go watch it. Our cousin Joe watched it too. He said he loved it too. So, okay. Another thing to uh, that we've just got up on uh, Moon Knight. It's doing good so far. Looking pretty good. But the question I had for like for you is, how would you feel if you had that type of issue where you're like dealing with two? That would terrify me. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I don't like that. That I like. I feel bad for. I don't even know who's the real one. Is it Steven or is Mark the, like the original? Mark is a fake. No. Well, I mean, I don't know who's the real. I think Steven's the original real. one, right? Yes. Because Mark, without spoilers, mentions how like he's gonna go away like once this mission is done, right? Yeah, Mark is is so, the guy that's supposed to be trapped or under what's his name's Conchu. Conchu under Conchu's. Uh... So Steven is like the real original personality. Yeah, I guess you could say that. But because he's both... because he's the one who's not aware of the other one, and Mark is very aware of him. So yeah, I think I think that's part of the plot that we don't know yet. Like, mm-hmm. is Mark just taking over his body for a period of time, or has he always? It's very been there? inconsistent. Like, yeah. right? Because sometimes it seems like oh, it's like a couple hours. Sometimes it's for days. Yeah, and like that would scare the crap out of me if I just woke up and I, and I was like in the middle of the like the Alps. Like, mm-hmm. what the hell happened? Yeah, but I I thought you were gonna say yeah, like it'd be cool if. If, oh, I gotta, I gotta go work out. Let's just let Mark do it, right? Oh, oh, I'm sure there'd be, I'm sure there's benefits. Yeah, that would be cool if you could just kind of like, oh, I gotta go to work. Like, let me zone now. Like, yeah, I gotta work. I gotta work. I gotta hit the gym. And that's also kind of like the premise of the movie Click. Have you seen Click? Is it the same premise? Where he has like the universal remote for like work for life. Uh-huh. And he like, he skips all the boring stuff in his life. And then he ends up, like, when he's, like, older and, like, he doesn't have the bonds with his kids. Like, mm-hmm. he doesn't remember anything because he skipped, like, oh, like, they're doing, like, a recital or, oh, here's the kid's soccer match. Like, he skips through all the boring stuff in his life to get to, like, the, the stuff he finds entertaining. 
Yeah. And he like missed he finds he's missed out on a huge portion of like his relationships with his yeah, family. Yeah, that film is great, dude. It's an amazing film. Like his relationships are being like fractured because he never like gave put in the time invested into them. Yeah, uh, so, I, for- I forgot that about Click, but the next question I was going to ask, like, wouldn't it be fucked up if you let the other person do it, but they start developing memories that you don't have, right? Yeah, that would happen, yeah. Or what if they start having, like... Well, we see that in the show, right? Where, like, he's like, I'm married? Like, that's one of, like, the well, yeah, spoilers, exactly. right? Like, like, what if you really love a girl, but then he takes over, and all that intimate shit is going on with them, and you're like, what the fuck did I miss You're missing out, yeah, yeah. Or he, like engages some type of breakup that you had no idea and then you got to deal with that shit it's like what do you mean you lost my bank card or you lost my money yeah yeah <laughs> so i think it's like with all things it's like a do- double blade kind of mm-hmm. goes both ways so I-, I i would prefer not to have that though yeah all right let's uh get on with the us yeah we're short on time because i have to go home uh right after this i uh, someone's meeting me to fix my uh swamp cooler so this is gonna be short we're gonna no bs uh, not that we ever do BS, but you know, no, uh, no pitch. Obviously, we don't have time for that. And the intro went longer than I expected. But anyways, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another weekly installment of the Duo Sense Podcast. As always, I'm your host Andrew Orozco, joined by the Badger of the High Desert, the self-proclaimed Lost Cause, because he's always down for the cause, never down for the count, the unnecessary one, Johnny. Yo, so I just realized my thing is lost cause, and you're always like down for the cause. I'm like, why did I just put that together? Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. No, it clicked. You're last kidding. Night. I was like, oh my god, yeah. Oh my god, Johnny. Anyways, what? first story is. Oh well, first of all, also, um, this is why this episode's coming out kind of late. I was supposed to record one of my friends yesterday. And then she had to bail because of a family issue that propped up. Which, yeah, I was looking forward to that. Yeah, I was too. I was like, oh, like I never had somebody on who's not related to me in some way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and someone who's actually like gets paid to like write about games and stuff. And yeah. news and stuff. You were, ta- were going to talk about a triangle strategy. And you two seem like you're very into it. That yeah, was- yeah, yeah. So that's maybe next week. I don't know for sure. I have to like reconvene with her and figure it out. But uh, anyway, so that's why this episode is coming out because she canceled on me at the last minute. No, no harm, no foul. But uh, it is what it is. Life, life stuff happens. So, Johnny, we have a couple of stories for this past week. Uh, it kind of works out because one of these I actually want, really wanted to talk to you because two or one of these are like really in your ballpark. So in a way, it kind of works out. Let's go ahead and jive, jive, yeah, jive. Let's go ahead and dive. Jiving is that? That's a real. That's a thing, right? That's a word. I don't plan to do any jiving. Today. I don't know what that means. Okay, let's dive in with a article from Kotaku written by Ian Walker. Says one of the worst people in the world now owns over ninety six percent of SNK. So very clearly, there is a stance. Article: Electronic Gaming Development Company or EGDC, a subsidiary of a foundation run by Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman, now owns ninety six point eighteen percent of Japanese developer SNK following a massive investment, according to an announcement sent to SNK investors in February. EGDC recently acquired a majority of SNK's shares on the South Korea Stock Exchange, where the King of Fighters and Samurai Showdown studio has been publicly traded since 2019. Oh, you know what? Oh, my, my bad, guys. I left the audio on my computer wrong. That scared the crap out of me. According to announce, okay, everybody mentioned that part. Kotaku contacted SNK for comment, but did not receive an immediate response. Stop laughing, Johnny. You see, laughing. The nitty gritty of SNK's report notes that EGDC purchased fourteen million forty-eight thousand two hundred eighteen shares at around thirty U.S. dollars per share, for a total price tag of over four hundred thirty million U.S. dollars. This more than triples EGDC's previous investment, which saw the company secure a 28.8% stake in SNK. An annoying pop-up appeared on my screen. From Hong Kong-based shareholder Zukaku Co. Limited in late 2020. Saudi Arabia spent the last year throwing money around the video game industry with strategic investments in companies like Activision Blizzard, Electronic Arts, Take-Two Interactive, Capcom, and Nexon. Like many of Mohammed bin Salman's dealings, these purchases fall within the Saudi Vision 2030 strategy established during his mid-decade rise to power, which on paper is meant to diversify the kingdom's oil-centric economy. In reality, however, 
Saudi Vision 2030 is largely a propaganda campaign focused on whitewashing Saudi Arabia's atrocious human rights record. The regressive monarchy seemingly hopes that aligning itself with entertainment industries around the world might loosen the purse strings of businesses wary of investing in the oil-rich country's economy, especially with the murder of journalist Jamal Khashoggi in the ongoing U.S.-backed Yemeni genocide still looming overhead. Khashoggi. Thank you, Johnny. Thank you. I, you would know more about that than I would. But not everyone in the games industry has taken the money and run. When the League of Legends European Championship brokered a sponsorship promoting Niyam, the, idi- the idiotic techno city envisioned by Mohammed bin Salman as a $500 billion oasis in Saudi Desert, public backlash forced tournament organizer Riot Games to apologize to its fan and back out fans and back out of the deal. I'm no ex- I'm no expert in geopolitical maneuvering. I don't know what lies ahead for SNK now that it's owned by one of the closest people the modern world has to a super villain. <laughs> it could be that Ben Salman is looking to soften his regime's image via in-game propaganda, or perhaps he's hoping the investment itself is enough to make it look like his is a government in renaissance rather than one known for oppressing women, executing homosexuals, and promoting religious zealotry. Either way, Buying SNK games just got a whole lot harder to justify. While it sure felt bad when SNK was purchased by a pachinko manufacturer back in the day, seeing it get scooped up by Saudi Arabian war criminals is a whole new level of disappointment. King of Fighters 15 is good, but not good enough to ignore this. Wow. So that's a whole thing. Um, I'm just thinking this kind of puts everything into perspective when people were like kind of boycotting uh, jk rowling the harry potter game and now we have like some uh, a literal murderer johnny literal murderer i was gonna say how is that even comparable but okay yeah now we have a literal murderer who owns a video game company basically like he didn't they literally butcher the journalists like they cut him up with like like they literally like uh, what's the word not butcher what's the proper word when you like you lose your limbs there's a word for that uh i can't i can't think of the word it'll come but they literally like tore this guy apart like in like a secret room and then like didn't his son come like pay respects to him like afterward like the prince right yeah honestly the this story is old i forget all the details yeah but we're just kind of following up on it uh for me this is like it's just it's easy to boycott really for me yeah this is like a, this is an obvious one for me too and I, it sucks because i'm a huge metal slug fan and they make metal snk is responsible i mean yeah, yeah but they're not doing a whole lot with metal slugs anyway i'm so sorry not like, snk no yeah yeah wait yeah no, they no. make it or am i thinking of 3do what is 3do oh no 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 no, no. 3do is the different that's the army men games i get those i get metal slug and army men confused yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this sucks because I was looking forward to Metal Gear Attack. I mean, not Metal Gear, Metal Slug Tactics, which is like a game that's supposed to come out soon. But mm-hmm. uh, I'm curious what this means. Like, is the direction? Is it gonna? Is there gonna be like, like oppressive views leaking themselves, leaking their way into the games, or is it like how like, like Ian mentioned, where like no, I don't think it's just right. kind of like, hey, like our public image is like, hey, we're about fun and stuff. Yeah, join us, kind of, you know. I really don't think it's gonna have any impact. Well, on, if on you the studios with the limited the, information you have, what is what do you think the point of this is? Like, just at face value, what do you think the point of acquiring? I think he just wants to buy it. I don't really think he. he you think it's just for him for like, hey, like I have my own company now, and now we can make the games I want to make, kind of thing. Because if I had if I had Saudi Prince money, I would have tried to go for like Capcom or something. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he just has like. Fond memories of him growing up with metal slugs, and this is just a—it's like a nostalgia it's thing a fun for him. Just for him, that—that that might be it. It's like, oh, this could be my summer project. I have nothing to do. Like, let me just chill. Yeah. Like, let me ha- let me divert my energy into like a su- fun like side thing. I don't think he's gonna have a whole lot of influence on the studios themselves. I mean, when you have that much stakes of a, or that many shares of a company, you kind of you can pretty much dictate who you want on the board mm-hmm. and then the board is the people who are responsible for like the firing or hiring of like directors and managers maybe it, it might have to do with new properties but what's he gonna do like they have fighting games and metal slugs like how what kind of are, are the women out? fighters not gonna have like lower health bars or something I, yeah it's, i don't know 
is it going to be like very propagandistic? Like it's like it's going to be like all these characters now are going to like I don't know they're going to travel in game to like the Middle East or something like promote tourism or something. I don't know. Yeah. Are they going to have like pro Saudi views now or something in the games? Yeah, I don't think it's really going to change. They're going to show there's going to like be advertising like get rid of the electric cars. We're going to put in like diesel and we're going to put in <laughs> like monster trucks and all these gas guggling. I don't know. I'm just, I mean, hyperbolic, of course, but I'm just trying to imagine what the angle is. So, that sucks. That sucks. Anybody who kills, let alone journalists, like, just because, like, they're critical of you, that's kind of sucks. But, anyways, Johnny, let's move on to the, let's move on to nicer, more happy stories. What does suck about it, though, mm. I know you're moving on, but it's, it's all the people that are in the studios that have nothing to do with that person, you know? Yeah, it's not so easy to just be like, well, I'm going to go to another studio because it's, yeah. you know, with all things, especially right now, it's not that easy to just jump ship and, like, hop on to another company. Yeah, I really think they'll be fine. Like, people really aren't paying attention to the story. Yeah, I think um, people, the average person, the average person who will play these games probably doesn't really know much about the geopolitics stuff behind it. Mm-hmm. So, all right. They're not, 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 not most consumers are like the tuned in people like we are. So anyways, next story comes from Eurogamer, Johnny, written by Matt Wales. And he reports that Returnal wins big at this year's BAFTA Games Awards. Also unpacking also unpacking one a couple. Anyways, BAFTA has announced the 2022 winners of its annual Games Awards with developer Housemarque's sci-fi shooter roguelike Returnal leaving the show most laden, having taken home the gong across a grand total of four, count them, Johnny, one, two, three, four categories, including one for best game. Alongside the best game award, Returnal came top in BAFTA's audio achievement. Definitely well-deserved. I agree with that one. Uh, Music categories, while Jane Perry scored a win in the performer in a leading role category for her portrayal of Returnal protagonist Celine Vasos. Yeah. Definitely. Celine's like the way she emotes and the way she speaks and everything, she is a really, really dope ass character. So Is there a whole lot of story in There is, there is actually which is like weird enough to make you care about her. Yes, in a way. About her, yeah. The story not so much, but like there's like there's cutscenes about like her like childhood, about like her family life back home and stuff and like the things that made her like end up in the situation she is. So there is like exposition about her. But it's like sprinkled out here and there, and then also she has a lot of audio logs. Oh, that's cool! I love. So a lot of that stuff is performance related, you know. So I think she deserved. Yeah, definitely deserved. Uh, Returnal wasn't only wasn't. uh, Wait, was that okay? Best game, music performance. Was there another one? Audio achievement and I think music. It was game of the year. Oh, audio achievement and music are separate categories. Okay, okay. Returnal wasn't the only multi-award winner, however. Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart successfully beat the competition in BAFTA's animation and technical achievement categories, while Hazelight Studios' It Takes Two was named Best Multiplayer Game and Best Original Property. As for which beams unpacking, that game is actually kind of fun. I like unpacking, which was named Eurogamer's Game of 2021. It won Best Narrative and EE Game of the Year. The latter as voted by the public. Okay, so EE must be like European Union or European something. Elsewhere, Hello Games exploratory sci-fi sim No Man's Sky took home the prize for Best Evolving Game. Forza 5 won Best British Game. I didn't even know that. Oh yeah, it's a British studio, that's right. And plenty of smaller titles gained recognition and categories dominated by AAA nominees. And then it kind of... I mean, it talks about more stuff, but I'm not going to really delve into it because it's like a whole list of stuff so it goes into categories like out animation and anyways the point is a year later returnal's finally getting some recognition for its uh awesomeness um johnny what do you think you haven't played returnal obviously have you? i haven't dude i can't wait to get to that uh dual sense for returnal one day johnny one day you need to come over and try it out one of these days Returnal's not a game I finished, but it was the first PS5 game I got. And honestly, like, the the haptic feedback, the audio, the visuals, everything of that game was, like, a perfect first impression of what the PS5 can do. Yeah, if I don't go try it out uh, your place for the DualSense, I think the, my, the, the time I will try it out is going to be with God of War. 
Mm. That, that's probably the best time for me to try that. Yeah, because you already skipped out on Horizon, huh? Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. So congratulations to uh, Housemark for making a dope game that hopefully one day I can finish when it's not so hard for me. I think now there's like workarounds where you can like do the save states and like shit, like do the uh, multiplayer. Yeah, the multiplayer supposedly makes the game a lot easier, which makes sense. But also like how you can like get the saves from the cloud, so mm-hmm. you're not like constantly starting over. So, but then that kind of takes the challenge out of it a bit. But whatever, whatever. I'll play it eventually. I'll finish it eventually. Next story, Johnny. We got Crystal Dynamics announces the next Tomb Raider built in Unreal Engine Five. This comes from The Verge, written by Ash Parrish. Ash Parrish. I like that. Kind of like rhymes. Buried at the tail end of Epic Games' State of Unreal presentation was the news that Crystal Dynamics is working on a new entry in the Tomb Raider series. Tomb Raider launched on the original 1996 and has spawned numerous sequels, a reboot, and three movies, of which the two Angelina Jolie movies I maintain are good. That's her words, not mine. It's been four years since the last Tomb Raider game, Shadow of the Tomb Raider, launched to tepid reviews and is not yet known if this new game will continue where Shadow left off. Dallas Dickinson, franchise director at Crystal Dynamics, used the announcement to tout the advantages of creating a game with Unreal Engine 5, saying this new engine translates into next-level storytelling and gameplay experiences. I'm going to have to scroll down. I know the next paragraph was so far down. Crystal Dynamics wasn't the only studio gushing about the Unreal Engine 5. Developers from Gears of War Maker, The Coalition, and The Witcher Studio CD Projekt Red talked about how Unreal Engine 5 makes their development processes easier. The Unreal Engine 5 presentation itself did not have more than just slick, hyper-realistic trailers. At one point during... Oh, I'm sorry. It itself did have more. I knew I'd read that wrong. At one point during a demo of Lyra, the new multiplayer shooter launched with Unreal Engine 5, the presenter got adorably excited about the game's stair generation capabilities. Johnny, did you watch this thing or no? I skimmed through it. Okay. It says, Tomb Raider turned 25 last year and celebrated by announcing that both Lara Croft and the Guardian of Light and Lara Croft and the Temple of Osiris would make their debut on the Nintendo Switch later this year. And it kind of just ends right there. Johnny. So we saw the Unreal Engine 5. Well, I did at least. I played it through the demo that came with... Uh, for the Matrix one, when mm-hmm. Matrix, the last movie just came out, and they had like this really dope, like city wide, like interactive experience. Unreal Engine Five is insane; it's bonkers. And the idea of playing like the last three Tomb Raider games are awesome. Like the whole reboot they did, like those games are fun. Playing that with Unreal Engine Five, if it's the same continuation, the same story, like that's going to be just a day one purchase for me. John, what are your thoughts about this? No, I love Tomb Raider. I, the last one I was a little bit disappointed with. Mm-hmm. I think it was more to do with the uh, narrative, though. And also, What's wrong with the narrative? Uh, it's a little bit weird. Like, the religious aspect of it is a little bit kind of odd. They've always kind of done that with with that, though. I didn't like her, her homeboy. Um, oh, uh, Josh? Is it Josh, I think? Yeah, he was a little bit annoying. He's in, he's in all the games. Though. Well, the last three, at least. Yeah, he was just too sentimental for me. Uh, they just made him weak. And then Laura, she's not like the strong woman that I remember. You know, I'm waiting to get to that. Mm-hmm. To a more mature Laura. Uh, but yeah, this is dope. Uh, fucking like Unreal Engine. So you're going to have to... I mean, I guess that means it's going to have to be on, P- on PS5 and yeah. Xbox. More than this, though, I'm excited about... Uh, uh, what the fuck is it called? Mass Effect being on Unreal. Did they confirm already that's going to be on they Unreal did. Engine? Oh. Yeah. So we're gonna see even more, uh, a little, even more scantily clad uh, scenes nah. in Unreal Engine Five. Then no, they're gonna water that shit down. You think so? Yeah. There's like gonna be romanceable partners. You think? No, they'll do that. But but they'll make everybody. Um... Well, let's just skip to the <laughs> next one. You know where I'm going with this shit. <laughs> Trying to push me in a direction I don't want to go. In. I am not. I'm asking. I'm asking the questions that people want to know. Next one comes from IGN, written by Matt Kim. Max Payne, oh, I'm sorry, Remedy and Rockstar Games announced Max Payne 1 and 2 Remake for PC, PS5, Xbox Series X. It says Remedy and Rockstar Games have announced they will be remaking Max Payne and Max Payne 2, The Fall of Max Payne. In a surprise announcement, Remedy will work with Rockstar 
Under a new publishing agreement to remake the first two Max Payne games for PC, PS5, and Xbox Series XS, Remedy will handle development, while Rockstar will finance the project, which will be in line with a typical Remedy AAA game production. The Max Payne remix will also be developed on Remedy's Northlight game engine, the same engine used to develop Control and the upcoming Alan Wake 2. Now I know why you wanted to... You wanted the story, Johnny. The original Max Payne games were also a result of a partnership between Remedy and Rockstar. Really? I didn't know that. With Remedy handling development and Rockstar Games Publishing, Rockstar also handled the development of Max Payne 3. We were thrilled when our longtime friends at Remedy approached us about remaking the original Max Payne games, said Rockstar founder Sam Huser. We are, or Hauser, I forget if it's Hauser or Huser. We are massive fans of the work the Remedy team has created over the years, and we can't wait to play these new versions. Remedy CEO Tero Vitala added, Max Payne has always held a special place in the hearts of everyone at Remedy, and we know the millions of fans worldwide feel the same. Vitala added that the team is excited to bring the story, action, and atmosphere of the original Max Payne games back to players in new ways. The project is sounding like a full remake given that it will be developed on Remedy's newest engine, and it will have a matching AAA budget. It's tantalizing to imagine the original Max Payne games built using the same engine as Control and Alan Wake 2. Johnny ends right there. Um, I have very little history of the Max Payne franchise. I was growing up, that was not a series I really dipped my toes in. Mm-hmm. Not my thing. I didn't know that the original one was done by Remedy. I did not know that. Yeah, a little surprising because you like Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, I'm but it's, it plays nothing play like Payne. Grand Theft Auto though. Nah, but you were playing. Mm-hmm. Like a series of the games. Did you play Manhunt? No. Okay. I skipped Manhunt. Uh, well, yeah. I don't think is, I could even get my hands on Manhunt. This is exciting to. because Remedy has really dope storytelling. And All if, I know about Max Payne is the slow mo shooting mechanics. Yeah, and with uh, which makes sense because Control has like unique shooting mechanics. And yes, stuff. with the with the mechanics control, it gives me hope that if they're working on this, the narrative and the mechanics are going to be awesome. Mm. So I mean, I I. Did you play the first two Max Payne games? I did. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I do remember you having the first one. I do remember. Is there only two, though? There, no, there's seen... three. There's three. Okay, then I did play all of them. But the third one is like when he's like bald or whatever. Yeah, it, it was. I understand they kind of had a. I think like, that one. Encapsulate his persona, but it the execution wasn't great on Yeah, that. I think the article mentioned that that one was done only by. Yeah, Rockstar handled the development of Max Payne 3. So that wasn't even Remedy involved. So that could be why they're only doing the first two. Besides the third one being a little more recent. I think that was like, what, 2012, 2011? Sounds right. Because I know your brother bought Max Payne 3. Mm-hmm. And that was like one of the last PS3 games that he, I think he bought. So anyways, I'm, yeah, I, I mean, I'm going to try it. If it it's if it's both games bundled together, I'm willing to like, it's probably going to be 60 bucks for both. So I'll get into, I'll, I'll give it a try, but um. I don't have a lot of history there with the series, so as a newcomer, I'm looking forward to seeing. Hopefully, there's a little bit of. Um... Hopefully, it's less weird than Control is. No, it's not. You it's, think Max Payne's? Weird? I love how weird it is. What? Okay, all right. Uh, but hopefully, there's a little bit of a shared universe there between Alan Wake, Control, well, and I, Max Payne. Yes, Alan Wake is connected to to Control. So I know that. I know if that. they can connect it somehow to Max Payne, I'm down for it. Like because it's a remake, they're not gonna keep exactly the same story right, and right. levels. Well, I, so they can uh, make some adjustments. I guess so. I mean, they'll make like a maybe Max Payne's ability to slow down time has to be like an artifact or something, some kind or something. I'm down for it. That'd be interesting if it's his guns or something. <laughs> <laughs> artifact guns, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, let's get to our last story here. We're trying to wrap this up because I I'm already getting phone calls. I'm already getting phone calls right now about uh. You'll make it back. One, two stories. You'll make it. We have one more story. And then, I don't know if we have time to talk about what we've been playing. Nah, nah I'll, you know what? Yeah, we're going to say that for later. We're going to do our, our final story here. It's going to be a strange episode. But you know what? I'm not above doing strange episodes. Johnny, we have an article from Game Rant. It says, Major Naughty Dog Leak seemingly reveals details on upcoming projects. And this one is by Parth Bagaria. I hope I said that name right. Naughty Dog is considered to be one of Sony's best first-party studios. I would argue to say the best. The developer has released major hits for all PlayStation consoles and has received several awards for its work on the Uncharted and The Last of Us franchises. Well-deserved. 
It has been almost two years since Naughty Dog released The Last of Us 2. No. Has it already been two years? Let me do the math. I don't think so. Like a year and eight months. Yeah, that's almost two years, Charlie. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's almost been two years. It feels like more recent. Okay. Uh, And fans have been patiently waiting for new announcements. Naughty Dog has confirmed that it's working on a multiplayer title set in the Last of Us universe. And rumors suggest that a remake of the original Last of Us is also in development at the studio. Now, a new leak shares details on some of Naughty Dog's upcoming projects. As always, every leak should be taken with a grain of salt. Uh, you know what? Hold on, I'm going to pause real quick. Okay, I had to take a call, so let me get back to where we were. I can't believe Dry's always almost been two years. That's insane. Okay, Naughty Dog has confirmed that it's working on a multiplayer title set in Last of Us Universe, and rumors suggest that the remake of the original Last of Us is also in development at the studio. Now, a new leak shares details on some of Naughty Dog's upcoming projects. As always, every le- leak, lick, every leak should be taken with a grain of salt. But also, every lick, Johnny, should also be taken with a grain of salt. This information comes from. <laughs> this information comes from. Oops, leaks with IGN later reporting it. It states that the upcoming The Last of Us multiplayer game began as a Battle Royale title. Oof, I don't know about that. I don't like that. But it was completely rebooted. Oh, thank God. It's now a mix between Escape from Tarkov. Ooh. You gotta tell me what that's about. And The Division. Ooh. With more modes based on the original faction's game mode from The Last of Us. The leaker describes it as an online game that offers a single-player-like experience yeah, adding that it will be a free-to-play title that will launch on PS5 with a PC release scheduled for later. The leak also confirms that Naughty Dog is working on a new IP with a fantasy setting. Oh, okay. This single-player game is currently in full production. However, Naughty Dog co-president Neil Druckmann is not involved with this project. Finally, the leaker claims that Naughty Dog has outlined a script for The Last of Us 3, but the studio is busy with other projects and the game has reportedly not entered the production stage. There's a lot of information in this leak, but everything seems plausible. Many fans expected Naughty Dog to work on a new IP for PS5, and it's fair to expect the studio to release the third game in the Last of Us series at some point. Neil Druckmann did hint at three games being in development at Naughty Dog, which also matches the number of titles described in this leak. However, it's strange that the leaker does not mention The Last of Us Remake. The game may be near completion, and they probably do not have anything new to reveal. Whatever Naughty Dog is working on next, fans can expect to see it at an upcoming PlayStation Showcase event. All right, John, what do you want me to explain to you? Because you said I have to explain something to you. Arkov? Harkov? Whatever? What is that? Oh, Escape, Escape from Tarkov. Yeah. Escape from Tarkov is a PC... I think it's only on PC right now, but it's a multiplayer game where you go... There is, like, single-player progression... You go into like a prison, which I think is what Tarkov is. It's a prison. You can you gather loot, and then you have to basically escape the way you came from, or escape the area to actually get to keep that loot. So there's like a lot of guns. There's a lot of like supplies and stuff, and then you do stuff with the supply stuff like outside of like the main game mode. Okay. So, but but you can also it's like that one game we saw a while back where like you can like ambush people on their way out and just take their gear okay but how does that how do you think that's gonna work with the idea of um that could easily work with this because there's idea like the different factions where like they could go into like a zone or a specific area gather the loot pick up weapons pick up like ammunitions like so it's probably just gonna be and then just like you have to escape like with all the stuff intact all right uh, like, it's not a strictly, like, deathmatch game. Like, you can win without ever killing anybody because you just escaped. Like, you have specific objectives that are not centered around, like, team deathmatch. Because the Division already has that. Like, it's yeah, open that's why map, that's why you're saying the middle one there. Yeah, that's why they're saying it's, like, a combination of that with the Division because they both have those heavy elements of, like, but get in, get out. But the Division is out. open world. So they're saying it's a more linear experience. I'm guessing it's probably closer to Tarkov than it is Division. All right. So that's really cool because that's definitely way more original and interesting than just a battle royale. Yeah, yes, I agree. So that's really cool. I like the idea of that. I like, I really love the idea of a Naughty Dog game that is fantasy based because, like, that's something they've never really delved in. And that also kind of makes me worried because, again, that's also something they've never really delved in. That's not a big deal. I'm sure they can execute it. I'm sure they can do it well. I'm just curious to see. I just don't know if I'm going to be down with the narrative. I'm curious to see what that would play like. What kind of like fantasy are we talking about? Are we talking about, like knights and dragons, or like you know 
maybe Final Fantasy ish. I don't know. But it might end up being like a smaller game. It might be like a, a Jack and Jackster type of deal. You think they're gonna? Go I guess that is fantasy. Down. You're right. No, that's more like sci-fi. But yeah, I guess you're right. That's it's not like Cooper. They yeah. might go. They might just be doing a smaller game. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I like all these ideas. The th- I'm tr- I I can't even begin to imagine what Last of Us Three is gonna be like. In yeah, way in the future. I got my hopes pretty low for that. Ah, oh, don't be that way, Johnny. Don't be that way. <laughs> just because you didn't like Abby. Just because of that. I fucking hate Abby. Anyways, Johnny, so that's the end of our news section for this week. Um, Yeah, you know what? I have time. We have time. We want to talk about what we've been playing. Johnny, please tell me, besides Fortnite, you got something. Sort of, but I forgot. It's that insignificant. Uh, I tried playing. Okay, so I tried playing uh, Star Wars Lego. Yes. I just can't. I can't Ah. do it because I played the previous ones and they're not. There was like nothing innovative. I'm a you know I'm a whore for like textures for high res shit. Is high res Legos though? Mechanics are just generic. There's they're fine, but they're just generic. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if it's a game where I'm gonna feel. Like, it'll give me exposition on shit that I never knew about Star Wars. Well, did you watch all the, like, the sequel films? Like, 7, 8, and 9? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, they're probably not that much. Yeah, so it's, it's not going to bring anything new to the table for me. That's fair. I love Lego Star Wars. I love Star Wars in general. Mm-hmm. So, the Lego Star Wars for me is... I. What I enjoy about Lego Star Wars is how it just takes the Star Wars movies and makes them, like funny because it kind of does like cute things with them with like uh okay. like for example there's a there's a part in the trailer where they show like the new hope where where um looks like like oh you like you might you fought with the clone wars with my father and he's looking at a picture of like anakin obi-wan that's on the wall with them like with like the gut with like the there were the clone troopers and still like celebrating. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, and he's like, yes, I fought in the clone wars like your father. And he's like, oh, like what happened? Like oh, like what happened to him? Like. Or I, th- I forgot what the question was, but he's like, oh, like, oh, he's like, oh, this is a lightsaber your father wanted. He's like, oh, wow, like my dad said he wanted me to have this. Like, oh, how did he die? And then Obi Wan's like, like, <laughs> it's like a touchy subject because he basically almost killed him, right? So he's like, and it's just funny because like they 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 kind of they take the plots of the movies and kind of like sanitize them in a way where it's kind of like funny and quirky, and I really like that. But also being able to like go back to previous worlds or levels and then go with whichever character you want across like the entire like history of Star Wars and yeah. just like just kind of play around. It's, it's like a sandbox kind of thing where you're free to play with these toys and interact with the environment the way you want to. So I think that's the most compelling thing about the Lego Star Wars games for me. Actually, I have a question since we're on the subject of Star Wars. Um, so I saw this parody that made a whole lot of fucking sense and it's one of the reasons why I really don't like the new uh, episodes of Star Wars okay alright and it's uh, the parody is about Anakin and Anakin is talking to what's his name his mentor and Obi-Wan yeah and he's pretty pissed off because uh, what's her name the last Jedi Rey because Rey is super fucking powerful and then Anakin oh, is there complaining like why did she know why does she know how to heal? Like, yes. that really could have helped me out. Could have saved me so much fucking pain. Like, that retconned so many fucking things, right? Yeah. Explain that to me. But like, why is that we, okay? There's a... we There's a... For, there's a... What's it say? What's the word they're thinking of? Um, there's a point of contention. There you go. No, it's disrespect to the fucking franchise. Uh, I, I wouldn't go that far to say it's disrespectful. It, it, it's a weird thing because, like... I, my friend Abram and I, we we have the Star Wars podcast called. Did my you Star- discuss that? Yes, one? we've talked about this before, right. not in huge detail, but in passing. We talked about this in uh, I forgot which episode it was that we did, but in my Star Wars show, which is the name of the show, mm-hmm. we talked about how how Anakin was probably pretty pissed that like, hey, like we didn't have that in my. Oh, you know what it was? We were joking about like how like in Iron Man two, how Tony creates like that new element. And his dad has like that video where he's like, he's like, I'm limited by the technology of my time. Mm-hmm. Like I can't like this. All of this is for you and stuff. And we were joking about how like Anakin was limited by the technology of his time because Ray developed or like Ray learns how to do the Force healing like without really, without any training or whatever. And it's funny because like in Revenge of the Sith, Anakin's asked like, 
is it possible to learn this power? Mm-hmm. And then Palpatine says, not from a Jedi. Oh, that is fucked up. And so then we fast forward to Rey being the granddaughter of Palpatine. Mm-hmm. And she just inherently just learns how to use the like force heal. Yeah. Which isn't really a thing in the prequels. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, oh, like it, he was right. Like it's not something you learn from a Jedi. It's just something that either you just have it in you, like you're born with it. Or you're lying about learning. Or oh, I, I guess so. Yeah, I guess he could be lying. He could be lying about it. But it might be just something that's like because like throughout like the Star Wars lore, they're always like adding new force abilities. They've always done that. Like if you look at other Star Wars films, because in in the comics, like in the Star Wars comics, one uh one of Luke's uh it's not it's no longer canon because they wiped it out with the Disney acquisition. But one of Luke's like great 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 grandsons or something, he learns how to do the force heal, like Ray does. Yeah. Where he literally brings some he brings somebody back from death. Mm-hmm. Like Ray doesn't do that. She doesn't bring I mean well that's not true. She did bring back Kylo from death technically. So yeah. So that that idea of bringing somebody back from the dead that already existed in Star Wars lore prior to the movies. Mm-hmm. But it was in canon, though, because it was, like, the comic stuff, right? So, like, now that they've introduced that into the movies, it's kind of interesting how that's a thing now that you can, I guess. But it also takes a massive toll on you because Kylo Ren was able to do it back to her when she died, right? And then that's when he, that's why he dies after, after he brings her back mm-hmm. because it took, like, a massive toll out of, like, his, like, vitality, basically, to do it. Well, that makes sense, but those are creating, like, new rules, it's, just it's not like, new rules. It's but just it's not respecting the prior stuff. Nah, that's not true though, because that's like saying Iron Man two doesn't respect Iron Man one. No, no, no. Because that literally is like technology. You just gotta wait. Well, there's like we don't have the knowledge of the force. Like the force is like something that changes. It's not something that's. Or maybe they just can't figure out figure out the writing to. I, yeah. And they gotta use these cheap things. To that's make another it, issue. To make yeah, that's another issue like, with the newer movies. I know you're short on time, but for example, when they have uh, that little ship. The little carrier or whatever it was, a transporter. And that shit goes... You know what I'm talking about. That shit goes light speed into the fucking destroyer. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like... And then t- the next movie... Me, and then the next movie, like, oh, yeah, we can't do that anymore. Yes, that. But it's like, <laughs> you're telling me... The Holdo maneuver. I could take these little ships and fucking send them into destroyers and Death Stars. Instead of sending, like, all my people to fight out there in the fucking... In space, yeah. they get slaughtered when I could have done this to destroy the fucking... You could have just sent ships that are, like, controlled by droids instead of people. Yeah, exactly. And just suic- just kamikaze yes. into, like, destroyers and stuff. Yeah. Okay, I'm getting pissed. Let's move on. It's weird. Yeah, it's weird. I, I, I mean, I'll never say that the, the riding in Star Wars is the best, but I do think... I, I love the series, but yeah, I know it has flaws. It has... There's... There's a lot of issues with Star Wars just because of just how big and robust and when you have like all these rules and all these characters, you're eventually going to find a situation where you're kind of ridden yourself into a corner, I think. It's eventually. There's only it's, nine films. It's I inevitable. Mean, yeah, there's nine films, but there's also like a lot of lore in those nine films and there's a lot of stuff around surrounding those films like the EU, the expanded stuff, like comics, books, Do you think games. the books have those issues? Sometimes, yeah. They've had times where they have to like recon, recon some of the books because like someone wrote something and it's like, oh shoot, I made an issue for us later. Uh, how do we get around that? Uh, okay, fair enough. Yeah, so they do that sometimes. But I'm lo- I'm loving Lego Star Wars. I've only put about I've only finished Phantom Menace. I'm halfway through Attack of the Clones, mm-hmm. and there's like nine episodes. So I'm like one point five of the way done. And then also, I just been been playing a lot of triangle strategy, trying to catch up because I was supposed to do this episode with my with my friend Stephanie, and she already finished the game, and I'm like, oh, I'm not done yet, but I'm half, I'm more than halfway through where I can still, I still have enough I can talk about it. So I'm hoping, I'm gonna, we'll see if maybe she'll be on next week, but I'm gonna play more of it so I can catch up and actually have more stuff to talk about triangle strategy. But that game is really dope. It's XCOM, Johnny. If you took XCOM and combined it with Game of Thrones. That's literally what Triangle Strategy is. Take XCOM and just mash it with Game of Thrones, and that's like the whole premise of it. Because it's about like these noble houses, they're at war with each other, they're fighting over resources. There's like one kingdom that like hoards all the salt, and salt's needed because salt is like for preserving food. It's also like vital for like um Whenever you gotta lick something. Yes, thank you for it, it, it all it all wraps back around, right? Yeah. And there's, like, another kingdom that has, like, a monopoly on iron. Like, they're the main providers of iron for, like, the whole, like, realm. 
And mm-hmm. so, like, they basically have a stranglehold on weapons because they have iron and stuff. And it's interesting. It's, like, very, like, like we were talking about before we started recording about geopolitics and all that stuff. It's really dope. If you're into, like, Game of Thrones with, like, yeah, like, multiple, like, noble houses and characters who are conspiring and scheming their way to riches, it's really dope. So, um, the gameplay is probably the weakest part, but it's still good. I'm mostly just playing because I want to know what happens next. What happens next? So, oh, it's a tough sell. It's not a tough sell. Well, you, you the gameplay is story. the weakest part, but it's not bad. What I'm saying is like that, okay, all right. It's like it's like if it was a podium, the gameplay would be the third place, but that's still you're still in the top three. Is what I'm saying. Okay, okay. So, anyways, Johnny, anything else before we close out? Because I like really have to go right now. No, no. are you Shut sure? Down. No more colored lights. Nothing with red lights or blue lights or testosterone. No. You want to tell our friends out there about reviving your great plants or anything? No, I'm no I'm good. Nothing about gaining eight hours of sleep. Nothing about working out in the summer. No. Okay, because Johnny was Johnny was really pitching about how we should start working out right now while it's getting warmer. So yeah. I thought he would go into that, but should go bike riding. Bike riding is fun. I like bike riding. So we'll bike riding. But, well, but when there's like not that much resistance in the bike and like when it's nice and windy. Well, we can't time that. We're just, we're just going to go. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is the end of this episode. Thank you for sticking around if you managed to make it this far. Although I'll admit this is the easiest episode to make it this far because it's only like 50 something minutes so far. So if there's one episode you're going to listen to. Do you want to listen to all the way through and time is an issue? It's this episode. <laughs> um, I guess that's it. Hopefully next week. I can't guarantee I'll have my friend Stephanie on. If not, you'll know as soon as you start because you'll hear Johnny say something. Or I'll, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll know. You'll know. So hopefully next time, next week we're on time. I left off. I left out like one or two stories. So we have something to talk about next week in case it comes up like short, you know, earlier in the week. So there's something to kind of build off of. All right, that's it for us. So have a great rest of your week, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Peace. Bye.